Lesson 10.1 Cellular Respiration An Overview When you are hungry, how do you feel? If you are like most of us, you might feel sluggish, a little dizzy, and, above all, weak. You feel weak when you are hungry because food serves as a source of energy. This is your body's way of telling you that your energy supplies are low. How does food get converted into a usable form of energy? Do our bodies burn food the way a car burns gasoline? Or is there something more to it? Subheading 1. Chemical Energy and Food Food provides living things with chemical building blocks needed to grow and reproduce. Food molecules contain chemical energy that is released by the chemical bonds are broken. Key. Organisms get the energy they need from food. How much energy is actually present in food? Quite a lot, although it varies with the type of food. Energy that is stored in food is expressed in the unit of calories. A calorie is the amount of energy needed to raise the temperature of 1 gram of water by 1 degree Celsius. The calorie, capital C, that is used on food labels is actually a kilocalorie, or 1,000 calories. Cells can use all sorts of molecules for food, including fats, also called lipids, proteins, and carbohydrates. The energy stored in each of these macromolecules, also called biomolecules, varies because their chemical structures and therefore their energy storing bonds differ. For example, one gram of sugar glucose releases 3,811 calories of heat energy when it is burned. By contrast, one gram of fat found in beef releases 8,893 calories of heat energy. In general, carbohydrates and proteins contain about 4,000 calories. In general, carbohydrates and proteins contain approximately 4,000 calories, 4 kilocalories of energy per gram, whereas fats contain approximately 9,000 calories, or 9 kilocalories per gram. Of course, cells don't simply burn food and release energy as heat. Instead, they break down food molecules gradually, capturing a little bit of chemical energy every step of the way. This enables cells to use the energy stored in foods like glucose to synthesize compounds such as ATP, that directly power the activities of the cell. Subheading 2. Overview of Cellular Respiration If oxygen is available, organisms can attain energy from food by cellular respiration. Key. Cellular respiration is a process of energy conversion that releases energy from food in the presence of oxygen. Although cellular respiration involves dozens of separate reactions, an overall chemical summary of the process is remarkably simple. In symbols, it is denoted by a coefficient of 6 in front of O2 plus C6H12O6. There is then the yielding arrow, and on the product side, we have a coefficient of 6 over CO2, a carbon dioxide molecule, plus six H2Os, six waters, plus energy, manifested as ATP. In words, oxygen plus glucose yields carbon dioxide, water, and energy. As you can see, cellular respiration requires oxygen and a food molecule such as glucose, and it gives off carbon dioxide, water, and energy. Do not be misled, however, by the simplicity of this equation. If cellular respiration took place in just one step, all of the energy from the glucose would be released at once, and most of it would be lost in the form of light and heat. Clearly, a living cell has to control that energy. It can't simply start a fire. The cell has to release the explosive chemical energy in food molecules a little bit at a time, trapping the energy in the form of ATP.
Subheading 3. Stages of Cellular Respiration Cellular respiration captures the energy from food in three main stages. Glycosis, the Krebs cycle, and electron transport. Although cells can use just about any food molecule for energy, we will concentrate on just one as an example. The simple sugar of glucose. Glucose first enters a chemical pathway known as glycosis. Only about 10% of its energy is captured to pr produce ATP during this stage. In fact, at the end of glycosis, about 90% of the chemical energy that was available in glucose is still unused, locked in the chemical bonds of a molecule called pyruvic acid that is spelt P-Y-R-U-V-I-C space acid. How does the cell extract the rest of the energy? First, pyruvic acid enters the second stage of cellular respiration, known as the Krebs cycle or the citric acid cycle, where a little more energy is captured. The bulk of the energy, however, comes from the final stages of cellular respiration, the electron transport chain. This stage requires the reactants from the other two stages of the process, as shown by dashed lines. Uh, in figure 1101 that is attached to the thumbnail of this podcast. How does the electron transport train extract so much energy from these reactants? It uses one of the world's most powerful electron acceptors, oxygen. Subheading 5, oxygen and energy. Oxygen is required at the very end of the electron transport chain. Anytime a cell's demand for energy increases, its use for oxygen increases too. The double meaning of respiration points out a crucial connection between cells and organisms. Most of the energy-releasing pathways within a cell requires oxygen, and that is the reason we need to breathe or respire. Pathways of cellular respiration that require oxygen are said to be aerobic in air. The Krebs cycle and the electron transport chain are both aerobic processes. Even though the Krebs cycle does not directly require oxygen, it is classified as an aerobic process because it cannot run without the oxygen-requiring electron transport chain. Glycosis, however, does not directly require oxygen, nor does it rely on an oxygen-requiring process to run. Glycosis is therefore said to be anaerobic or without air. Even though glycosis is anaerobic, it is considered a part of cellular respiration because its final products are key reactants for the aerobic stages. Glycosis occurs in the cytoplasm. In contrast, the Krebs cycle and electron transport chain, which generate the majority of ATP during cellular respiration, take place inside the mitochondria. If oxygen is not present, another anaerobic pathway known as fermentation, which comes in the alcohol, lic, and lactic acid varieties, make it possible for the cell to keep glycosis running, generating ATP to power cellular activity. You will learn more about fermentation later in this chapter. Heading 2. Comparing Photosynthesis and Cellular Respiration If nearly all organisms break down food by the process of cellular respiration, why does an earth run out of oxygen? As it happens, cellular respiration is balanced out by another process, photosynthesis. The energy flows in photosynthesis and cellular respiration take place in completely opposite directions. Photosynthesis is the process that, quote, deposits energy. 
Cellular respiration is a process that, quote, withdraws energy. As you might expect, the equations for photosynthesis and other cellular respiration are the reverse of each other. Chemically, the process of photosynthesis uses water and carbon as the raw materials to synthesize carbohydrates. Cellular respiration does the opposite, using carbohydrates as sources of chemical energy while releasing water and carbon dioxide. Key. Photosynthesis removes carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, and cellular respiration puts it back. Photosynthesis releases oxygen into the atmosphere, and cellular respiration uses that oxygen to release energy from food. The global balance between cellular respiration and photosynthesis is essential to maintaining Earth as a living planet. Another necessity is a constant input of energy into the system. This input comes from the sun. You can trace the flow of energy from the sun to organisms that perform photosynthesis and then to a series of organisms that perform cellular respiration. Key questions. 1. Why do all organisms need food? All organisms need food because it provides starches and simple sugars. An example of this would be glucose. Glucose is used in cellular respiration and broken down into its elements. These broken bonds and elements are used in the Krebs cycle and glycosis and then transfer an electron transport to yield ATP. Question 2. Write the overall reaction for cellular respiration. The overall reaction was mentioned earlier in this chapter, and it is 6O2 plus C6H12O6, also known as the molecule glucose, uh, followed by a yield sign to 6CO2 plus 6 H2O plus energy. Question 3. Photosynthesis and cellular respiration have opposite effects on the gases in the atmosphere. Explain this statement. The reactants used in photosynthesis, CO2 and H2O, are taken in by the plant. These are released in the process of cellular respiration. Uh, the gases, therefore, the gases taken in by one process are taken out by another, balancing out each other. Critical thinking. Question 4. Identify. Breathing is required for cellular respiration. Use the reactants, products, and stages of cellular respiration to explain why breathing is important. Breathing is important in the process of cellular respiration because uh, the stage of electron transport would not be possible without it. This is because the gas of oxygen, which is what we commonly breathe in, is a very powerful electron acceptor. This means that it helps the electron transport chain extract a majority of the energy from the reactants and therefore produce many ATPs and power reactions. Question 5. Construct an explanation. Compare the chemical equations for photosynthesis and cellular respiration. Explain how the two processes are interrelated. Well, as was vaguely stated in question 3, the chemical equations are opposite. They take in different reactants and give out opposite products. To compare these, the beginning of cellular respiration is 6O2 plus the molecule of glucose, C6H12O6. In direct contrast, the reactants of photosynthesis are C6, 6C, 
O2 plus 6H2O. The products of photosynthesis are C6H12O6 and 6O2. Now, I do not need to read the convoluted numbers again for you to understand that they take in and give out opposite products. Therefore, removing one of these processes would make it impossible for the other to live. If plants did not give off oxygen and glucose, then these key reactants used to give ATP and energy to the cell would not be available, thereby killing or forcing every organism to adapt very, very severely to a different environment. On the other hand, taking away the process of cellular respiration would yield an atmosphere rife with oxygen. This sounds good, but not for plants. These plants would not have enough CO2s, and they would be severely lacking in H2Os while overrun with glucose. Without the balance of taking in and releasing out opposite products, these processes could not exist, thereby making each other codependent.